0: to another week of Critical Podcast. I hope everyone's been hanging in there. I've uh, We missed a couple episodes. I missed the check-in last week, and we missed last week's episode altogether. So thanks for joining me on our pick-back-up at this midweek check-in. Uh, but before we get too far into it, let's crack one and get into it. So off the top on this check-in, I would like to address some of the things that have happened over the last week and a bit in the federal campaign and you're now seeing more of the beast kind of show its hand. Um you've got Justin Trudeau. Thankfully, I, I'm actually quite happy to see that he can't really go anywhere without people showing just how upset they are. Um it's quite comical to see him have to cancel an event just because people showed up to voice their anger. But when we look back at the rise of the authoritarianism happening and you frame that in what you're seeing and hearing with Justin Trudeau, it there's certain things that come to mind and it's like you can't really ignore it and it hits differently when you understand the full context. So, I'm going to play a clip just to to frame where I'm going with this and we'll we'll kind of dissect it after. Do we fall into division and hatred and racism and violence? Or do we say, no, you know what? That doesn't work to get us to back down. That won't scare Canadians from standing up for what's right. So, did you hear it? They, uh, In the face of angry protesters and, and me being somebody who can absolutely relate, I can understand where they're coming from. Now, I, I certainly wouldn't advocate for cussing and vulgarity around children, because there were kids at this event. But I, I understand where you get to the point where you, you don't really pay attention to those pleasantries in the face of such anger. But the, the language that Trudeau used, and and he is a bit of a, a wordsmith when it comes to, to playing on onwards and, and manipulating conversations in that sense. But he has effectively, quite literally actually, compared legal protests and some level of accountability for public office, he's equated it to violence. So if you oppose him, you're, you're committing violence. Now we've seen this as a liberal platform, many other variations, where they bastardize the term violence in all sorts of ways we've seen them define language as violence so far as to if you accidentally misgender somebody that could be perceived as violence things even without intent it, you're you're attributing violence but it's it's more of a tactic to shut down and dismiss people and then he goes on to say Canadians will not stand take this, it's not going to scare Canadians, as if anyone that would be part of that group is less Canadian. It's uh, And it's ironic, he calls for less division and more unity while simultaneously dismissing, othering, and categorically vilifying the very Canadians that are there to speak out against him. And instead of engaging in their... Maybe you don't agree with it, maybe, but maybe you do. Engaging with their points, they are just written off. And you wonder why hostilities keep escalating. But I, ju- I just wanted to spend a minute on that and really point out, like when we go back to, to looking at the smacks of authoritarianism, it's not always a big policy change. It's a lot of these little moments that kind of just millimeter us in that direction, and it really shows the undercurrent in their thinking, whether it's intentional or it's just how they are, but I didn't miss it, and once you see it, it's easier to not have it impact you, and to not have it impact those around you, so watch for it you'll see it all the time in in how he addresses people and issues. And see see if you can catch something I haven't. If you do, send me an email. Now, on the topic of manipulation and trickery with this election, let's let's shift gears and move to the conservatives because they are far from above reproach. This week we have seen the conservatives it seems like they're almost getting a little confident now that they're seeing polling numbers falling for the liberals, which don't get me wrong, that is still objectively a good thing. And I would rather have a conservative leader than this liberal leader, that's for sure. I will not be supporting this conservative leader. But it is if I'm going to lose, that's that's probably the best way I can lose if I if I must choose. And we're really focused on the small victories, but Aaron O'Toole came out and, don't you love puppies? Everybody loves puppies. Well, the CPC has now put out a campaign promise to end puppy mills in Canada if elected. Now, I am all for animal rights. and certainly not a vegan, but I respect animals as a true avid hunter and conservator of our resources and our land which includes our animals I, I was a farmer for many years and I have a certain respect for animals they definitely should not be mistreated and in that vein I do not support puppy mills by any any stretch of the imagination but this is something that's already illegal and already socially condemned but now it's front and center in policy. This is this is something that they're really pushing. And truly they're appealing to very low emo- low information and high emotion voters. They cuz I mean really, who who doesn't want to save puppies? Let's be honest, only a monster would vote against saving puppies. It is some of the cheapest parlor tricks I've ever witnessed in politics and it might it might actually work in in some respect which is at least it's not malicious it is it is laughably stupid but at least it is not malicious in the same way we're talking about protesters being violent for just being angry and not to spare any condemnation but Let's take a moment and look at Jagmeet Singh's week in a glance. Now, there's too many long-form clips to kind of frame where I want to talk about with him. He's not so great for the short one-liners, which is, is fine. He's got his own style. But his election campaigning has not been empty of policy just... Just landmines. I I, I truly struggle to find a description for some of their policy. He really does seem like he's the Canadian Bernie Sanders. Just recently, he's come out and said he's going to put forward a universal pharmacare plan. As well as tackle the housing crisis. And don't get me wrong. Again, just like puppies... Universal Pharmacare sounds great and we really do have we really do have a system that doesn't really leave too many people at the absolute lowest, and we should strive to to help them still. But at what cost, at what expense are you willing to, to chase these perfect world solutions? I would go on to say that yeah, we can't even, chase these solutions in a moment like this. you got to put out the massive fires before you can deal with painting the outside of your house. But Jagmeet has said he's going to address the housing issue and the affordability. Part of this will be done through drastic regulations against investors who are into flipping houses as well as giant increases to capital gains taxes. Who knows? We could see 100% taxable capital gains, which is absolutely going to have a retracement effect on the markets. We're going to see people remove themselves from the Canadian markets and start moving offshore. When there's money in the market, they will find a way to make it a cost-benefit calculation that is in their favor. People will not try too hard, they won't put too much effort in to avoid some tax. But if you're going to be predatory in your tax policy, you incentivize the effort. Um, as an investor myself, I I'm, I have no problem paying capital gains as it's structured now or, or relatively close to what it is. The, t- the typical capital gains in Canada now would be if you invest $1,000 into the stocks or any capital gain investments, if you put $1,000 in, that investment grows to $2,000. You are taxable of for 50% of that. So of that that $1,000 gain, you would be on the hook for a tax bill against $500 of it. Meaning, if my marginal tax rate is 24%, I'm paying roughly $125. Again, that's a reasonable tax bill. But if you're going to make it so that 100% of your capital gains is taxed at a marginal rate that they're talking about increasing, you're looking at a three- or $400 bill. And that doesn't seem like... well, it does seem like a lot, actually, on a 1000 even. But it cuts into profits so much that people will be forced or just pushed to find loopholes and other economies to, to have a better return, to have a more advantageous use of their money. Because that's, that's all money, really. It's a tool. It's a tool to help you purchase things and a tool to help you leverage your, your positions and they will simply find a better workshop to use that tool in. So, and realistically, I don't I don't see the NDP as a a viable permanent a viable federal candidate at this point, but that doesn't mean we should dismiss some of their ideas because this is gaining traction with a a part of the population and and if we have a day where this gets a seat in the driver's seat, man, I, I, it's hard to think. I, I Part of me wants to think that it's all hollow promises because almost all of this is so difficult to try and work around realistically. And this is a, doesn't matter what party you're in, the housing solution, somebody's going to have to address that sooner or later. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to hurt to do it. But there's no magic wand. You can't just raise minimum wage to twenty five dollars an hour, and boom, everyone can afford a house. You can't do UBI, and boom, everyone can afford a house. It's so much more complex, and you really do have to thread a needle. From a from a policy perspective, you would the best approach I could think of, and and I I don't even know how I would get to it, but you would you would want to see housing prices level out and kind of consolidate for maybe 10 years or so where you're not seeing any losses in the market but you're not seeing the gains you've seen over the last two years it's, it has gotten out of hand and the way we've handled the pandemic is it only made it worse we've seen inflation we really have not understood how bad the inflation is going to come But we're seeing it in certain sectors already, the the housing market being one of them, gas prices another. But how you deal with it, it it seems like it's all pipe dreams when it comes from the NDP. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and move from federal politics, or at least the federal election, um, and move into what we can expect from governance over the next handful of months we're going into the fall and winter and there's there's been no secret made we are going to be quote unquote into a fourth wave I, I use quotes in that sense because at this point most people even even those of us who are fairly well into it cannot discern fact from fiction the numbers are so manipulatable And just not honestly reported. We're seeing reports where they're submitting case positives from weeks if not months ago. There's been some instances of adding numbers to the counts from last year even. Just a a lag of reporting. A a miscalculation or a was not recorded. So they just tack it on. And I, I don't say that to dismiss the numbers where we're at now. We should be on guard. I think a pragmatic and reasonable approach should be protect the vulnerable um, focus. And now that we're seeing the, the hype around third doses, which, again, this isn't going away. You're going to have three, you're going to have four, and who knows when this ends. But in the face of the data we have, suggesting that there is vaccine wane, the focus right now should be, okay, we need to accept that the vaccines did not do what they said it would, or did not last nearly as long as they said it would, and let's focus our efforts and get vaccines to the vulnerable who want it. I I emphasize that because I I don't wish to compel this on anyone, and we're living in a world where that is a crazy idea. That, That Simply saying that may have me put on a watch list but nonetheless so let's take it seriously let's let's be measured and and not dismiss everything but also let's sit down and and have an honest conversation about actual risk versus hypothetical modeling which we've never we've never realized the the extreme modeling that has been put out by the science tables so we're certainly going to see lockdowns come i i I'll say it now. It's, it's recorded so I can come back to this and say I was right or wrong. I foresee roughly Thanksgiving we're going to see lockdowns being brought back in. If not lockdowns, you're going to see extra push and, and vilification on the people who chose not to participate in the medical interve- intervention that's happening. Um, I have to to watch the words I say so I don't get this flagged or censored but I, I, I one way or another we're going to see people vilifying people who are not impacted yet but I think from a government level you're you're we're destined to see I, I think October mid to late October we're gonna see fourth lockdown which I I struggle with genuinely calling it a fourth lockdown because we've never actually really left the first one. We've just been on different variable modifications of it. Um, you're still not supposed to have more than 25 people inside for any gathering. That includes, and let me tell you, 25 people at a at a wedding that's a huge limitation. Um, keeping in mind that our vaccination rates are substantially higher than most other places in the world. And these supposedly work as well as they said. So why the concern? Again, I, I think if you're listening to this you you probably understand. It's it's a game of parlor tricks. It's it this is so much beyond public health at this point. Um, as we've covered before. They they have denounced genuine health advice and instead promoted lifestyles that are counterproductive to to healthy holistic living but you're going to see it happen you're going to see lockdowns i i on record i think about thanksgiving weekend um in the week to come uh you're going to one way or another we're going to have to hear about phase 4 phase 3 definitions cuz most don't realize it. Now, I say this. Parents, your public school kids will not be impacted by this. Your high school kids will not be impacted by this. But my college and university students, if the government does not, and I'm speaking of Ontario at this moment, but if the Ontario government doesn't leave Phase 3 and go into Phase 4, there will not be in-person classes. Barring some... Extreme exemption, which I don't see the government allowing. I don't see Doug Ford allowing yes for you guys, no for you guys. Unless he uses this as a stick to beat the universities that did not mandate vaccines. Um, places like Fanshawe did not. Uh, I believe McMaster was another one that resisted. But don't see it happening, and if they don't get to Phase 4, classes have been planned as if it was full capacity, Phase 4. So expect an announcement on that in either direction over the next week or so. We're going into the long weekend and coming out of it, we are supposed to have school. So it's going to be a busy week. Um, You've got Doug Ford constantly teasing the vaccine passports are coming. Um, we're, we're approaching, I, I, we're not approaching, we're, we're at a point where we have crossed so many historical lessons, it's, it's aggravating, it's frustrating to see where we're at right now. We are in a society where we're not just prepared, we are fully willing and, and about to discriminate on about thirty percent of the population, a little less than thirty percent. Some for medical reasons, even uh, some for faith reasons, and some just because they have their bodily autonomy. People may not like that statement, but at the end of the day, you absolutely have the power to control what does or does not go into your body. Plain and simple, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about that, or or nuance, you have that control, um, but it seems like you don't anymore. Uh, I'm I'm of the firm belief that advice, not mandates, recommendations, you, you get more bears with honey than you do with a stick. But nonetheless, the the powers that be across this entire country have chosen the stick. Uh, and it's not working so well. It worked for some people. it. Uh, but you're at the point now where most of the group that didn't react to the stick, they're not going to react to a bigger stick. Not, not in the way you want. You might get more of these Trudeau protests. And rightfully so. But I expect Doug in Ontario will announce that. I look at Alberta, and I think Premier Kenny will likely fall. I have Very little faith in that man. He's already flip-flopped on some very key issues. Uh, I I take some serious issue in the fact that he has locked up the most pastors in Canada. Your conservative bastion of freedom is no different than these liberal tyrants. Uh, And I I include Doug Ford at this point in the liberal tyranny. But I do see Kenny failing. I, I don't think he will maintain his positions. Uh, We're looking at Manitoba. Brian Pallister has stepped down. Uh, I'd be interested to see who replaces him. Uh, Truly did not care for Brian Pallister. Uh, Manitoba was the first province to start taping off non-essential items for sale. You could go to Walmart. You just couldn't buy baby clothes. uh, Because baby clothes were not essential. Uh, But... Sometimes, is it going to be a case of the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't? Who knows? And, and it's always refreshing to see people that are acting poorly ha- face some sort of repercussion. But just understand, it doesn't guarantee that who replaces him or her will be any better. It, you could always lose in that deal. Um, but... The question is how, how do we stop? And I, I really don't know. I'm at a loss for words. My my job I'm, I'm threading the needle now with mandates and whether or not they're going to respect the constitution and the charter of rights. We don't know. A lot of a lot of places are are pushing with a wanton disregard for basic law, and it should surprise us. It doesn't. It should scare us. It doesn't at this point. It uh, it's just kinda par for the course. I, I think like I said before, I think things are gonna get bad before they get better. And at this point, bring it on. It's it is what it is. And we will fight this battle at every hill we have to. And eventually we will win. Sooner or later this will collapse the question is when and how will that look I would like it to be tomorrow and quietly and peacefully I I would like people to to see what's happening and realize that they are not going to be on the right side of history this entire year I say this year specifically because last year I will give grace where it's due when you're dealing with unknowns you're dealing with a pandemic you have, to, you have to give it some credence and I, I say this as somebody when this started we saw images coming from China where people were coughing up blood and dying in the subway just dropping dead in the streets we now know that that was absolutely propaganda that is not how this virus works not how this virus kills people it was absolutely propaganda but When we were dealing with that, I absolutely, when nobody was wearing masks, I was the one with an N95 and gloves. And honestly, a lot of people in this space and that share my current viewpoint, we were all the same way. A lot of these people are not crazy idiots. People will err on the side of caution and take precaution and in the unknowns. We will prepare for the worst, and then when we realize the stats and and the facts around it, that it's not as dangerous as we thought it would be, which is a good thing. People are not dropping dead in the streets. On a large scale, people are not dropping dead in the hospital, which is, again, a good thing. But the same people that did all that are the same ones now fighting back. And it's not because anything really changed. It's it's people understood the information, and that's a a really good thing. We're we're seeing people kind of waking up to it, and we'll get there. It's just gonna take more to get more people on board. You're you're going to see a peel off when we see third vaccinations. That announcement is coming. Uh, I I think from a responsible standpoint, we're. We're already too late in implementing that where it actually matters um, and and that's kind of a, a weird perspective, but I think it's the only justifiable one because we understand that whatever the long-term effects or adverse effects from this vaccine could potentially be in the highly vulnerable population the benefits far outweigh the risk. It has a factual risk reduction in at-risk populations. The battle, really, for me, comes in the not-at-risk populations, and the presumption that everyone is constantly spreading this, it's just... It's Munchausen by proxy, almost. Um, But that doesn't mean I can't give it the credit is due where it really should be. And again, we're, we're, we're actively seeing the governments failing the most vulnerable yet again. And the the cynic in me wants to say that it's probably on purpose at this point. Because you're going to see fatalities rise in the at-risk individuals. And that's tragic. But nonetheless, if we don't actively protect them in the face of knowing this is is a waning vaccine, it's not proving to have the longevity, perhaps by design. It's quite the business model if you have forced government injections every six months. And again, I'm not attributing motive, but it is certainly a perspective that should be considered i I don't think it's disingenuous at all, but nonetheless we're we're not protecting them again in the face of presumably knowing something's coming uh I would differentiate that I do not believe it's largely driven by the twenty to thirty percent of the population that are not vaccinated. they seem to be swept up in it nonetheless uh but the the driving force is just The fact that these vaccines are not offering the protection they thought they would. But again, when you mix healthcare and politics, you get healthcare that you cannot admit any wrong on. Because that is what politics does. You'll never get a politician telling you that their policy was wrong. They did it wrong. The odd time you might get a sorry, and it's gone. We're we're moving on. So, once again, we're seeing the, the health care suffer because of the politics. But it's coming. We're going to get the unvaccinated are going to get blamed for it. And society will continue to tear until it's so torn that it can't help but realize what's going on. It has to, it has to be forced to a point of introspection. So we're just being dragged along for the ride. The, the best we can do now is stay strong in this absolutely draining time. It is so heavy. I, I honestly struggle to even look at my phone in the event that maybe it's a new rule coming down from work. Um it's heavy. But I still have hope. I, I more and more people every day are reaching out to me as a person who has not self-censored and will happily talk politics and corruption and malevolence with anyone who will listen. And honestly, some people that won't listen. I've had some conversations that I walked away from, and like, hmm, I probably made them uncomfortable. But you know what? Good. Good. People should be uncomfortable. Because when they realize what's happening, it's pretty hard not to be uncomfortable. And I think when I get a chance to sit down and do a long-form, planned-out episode again, probably after September 20th. But I think we can start talking about the comparisons of what's going on now to what happened in Germany. And I say that with the blessing of history majors who have officially signed off. That's right, I have sealed approval. Um, But no, I've said it before, and we should be able to frame problems in today's society to some of the most extreme situations. But we should not do that in jest. It should be thought out and calculated. And we're at the point where any honest comparison and and calculation, you would be disrespectful to not highlight some of the similarities. So... I'd, I'd like to get into that and we will definitely do that when we have a little more time. But just know that there is hope. There's a lot of people that at, may not all be all on board but there is a large majority of people that are slowly realizing the goalpost moving doesn't end. And quite honestly, to some level, shame on them. Uh, it it's moved so many times by now, it's kind of hard not to see that the goalpost doesn't end. There will never come a time where the government says, yeah, we did it. We can go back. We're going to give up all this power. I don't see that happening. And hopefully I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. And it's going to take more till people see that it's not coming. But we're getting there every day. More and more get pushed far enough that they're like, okay but till then the best we can do is keep the faith stay strong and uh just keep fighting every conversation you have has purpose every conversation you have gives opportunity and when enough people see it and understand that the systems in place aren't protecting us the people that represent us don't represent us and we're at a point where these systems all have to fall. And I mean that metaphorically for, for now. I I we're in a tenuous time and we don't know where this goes. Um here in Canada, I don't I don't see it devolving to violence. The numbers just would not add up. But you watch the states and there's a real possibility they end up in civil war soon. Um but nonetheless, it's it's a battle we're in. And stay strong. We're, we're making headway. Uh, the people that wish to impose this on society, I think they're starting to overplay their hand. I hope they are. And I, I do think that when we hit the next lockdown, which we will, you're going to see more and more people waking up and, and realizing, okay, playing... The dealer's game isn't going to work. How do we reassess? And and actually, that, that reminds me, no matter what province you're in at this point, get on Facebook, search your province, and find your province's group for businesses against the V-Passport. Uh, as an Ontario resident, I am happy to say that we have a group now of more than a 100,000 Patrons and business owners that all share the same perspective. And I say this, removing thoughts about the vaccine, the coercion, whatever. I don't put conspiracy in that. It's simply people that say, no, it's not my job to check your papers. I don't believe in that. I think that crosses the line. I will not participate. We're seeing restaurants. We're seeing businesses. We're seeing all sorts of businesses in every in every category that are are standing up and saying this is my line and i think i think this one will be a reasonable stance i think this one is one where you're not going to sway public opinion with emotion you could sway public opinion for mandates by invoking grandma killers and this that and the other you could You can put emotion into that to blind people. I don't see it working here. And the pushback is already huge. So much so that I think you're seeing people second-guess it even. So we're making ground. We're not making ground as quick as I'd like. But freedom reigns. We will come through this. And we'll figure it out. I'm a big fan of manifesting. I I think the world will give you what you see in it. So I refuse to accept that this is the trajectory. I refuse to accept that this is a lost battle or a lost cause. Uh, my life has been a perfect example of manifesting. Uh, so I I will continue to see the positive sides. I see the negative sides. And that's kind of the impetus of this podcast is to, to show people what's going on below the surface. I want to highlight the negative, but I don't want to leave it on negative. I don't, I'm not a defeatist. I don't think we're defeated uh, by any stretch, but we have battles to fight and I have hope we will get there slowly, but surely and we'll see the other side of this. Till next week, thank you for tuning in. If you've got any comments, concerns, or questions, you can email me. My email is in the show notes. If you liked this, or have a friend or family member that you think could benefit from a critical conversation, send them this, and hopefully they can learn something. And if they don't, They are free to reach out and correct me. Take care, everybody.